And now, here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution, it's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. All right, I'm back, back in town. Yes, after um, going up to Virginia and starting my prison tour. This was the kickoff this past week. Uh, very exciting. I was really apprehensive about doing this, uh, but so glad I did. So we're going to get into some stories about the prisons and the prison life and what my experiences were uh, going to two different um, regional jails and performing and uh, also talk about how to handle the hecklers and the tough guys when they're trying to diss you, right? Trying to write you off. You just persevere and keep on keeping on because that's how we do it on the Dharmic Evolution. Columbus Day, October 14th. So I left Nashville um, on that morning to head to Virginia to start off my brand new prison ministry. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I was very apprehensive about this, not nervous or scared, um, you know, going into prisons and, uh, you know, exposing yourself to possible anything can happen, who knows what, Um I was just apprehensive. I knew I knew I'd be safe. I knew God would protect me um, through this this venture at the beginning of this venture. So I was cool with that. So uh, I set out to um, drive up to Virginia. So it was about a nine hour clip, and uh, I stayed up just uh, north of Richmond, and I didn't have a start until midday. Like twelve o'clock was check in time for this first prison. It was Pamunkey Regional Jail. And um, it was good that I didn't have to check in until 12 o'clock because it gave me some time to balance things, uh, get a little green room activity in because I knew once I got up there, there'd be no chance to um, to like do sound check or anything. And boy, was did I have that on the money. As a matter of fact, when I got there, uh, it was like, okay, you know, we rolled in and the guys were all in the room because it was kind of like a lunch room, like this huge lunch room. And they were all at like different tables, you know, spread out sort of like left to right, um, almost like the room was sort of uh, a rectangle. So it went about 30 feet to my left and 30 feet to my right. And there was just guys all strewn about sitting at tables and they, I guess they had just finished their lunch because they said to me, look, there's, there's no place for these guys to go. So you just, you know, this is where we're just going to go in and set up. So I went at it and they were just kind of hanging out watching me set up. It was a little weird. You know, that was my green room. So uh, just, you know, I was a little bit uptight just because I knew I was trying to keep to the clock, you know, and get everything done in the time frames that were allotted. So, uh you know, set up the bows, um, the PA one, which is like these, uh, this great PA that has like 24 speakers in it. And these two cylinders, you have to stack them one on top of the other. And then it has a great big, um, 
power amp that just sits on the ground. Everything plugs into that. So I got everything all set up and, you know, it was kind of like finally, okay, had a like one minute sound check. Just is the mic on? Yeah, it works. And I was so, um, I was so distracted that, you know, the thing didn't work at first. And I'm wondering, like, what happened? Because on the way in, it was so crazy that my guitar fell off this wagon that they had brought out to help me. Because you have to go through all these steel doors that are constantly banging and closing behind you. And and you get through one, and then you're in this little tiny room, and then you get through that one, that closes. You got to go through another. You have to push the button and wait for somebody to check the camera, see who's there, and then release that door so you can go through it. And um, I had this gentleman with me. I think his name was Jeff. He was helping me. And uh, I said, oh, well, my guitar fell off there. Maybe the battery, like, jarred loose in my tailor. So I'm checking that. And then uh, I finally look at the power amp of the Bose, and it was off. You know, the whole system was off. I said, you know, it's better when you turn it on. It's, it tends to work a lot better. So anyway, a lot of... Uh, just kind of nervous energy, I guess, trying to get everything set up and, you know, what am I going to play and where's the set list? And uh, and these guys are just staring me down, like, while I'm <laughs> setting all this up. It was pretty weird. I kept cool. You wouldn't know that I had any nerves going on. Um, I didn't let on. So um, I started, I got into the first couple of songs, and then I started with the stories. And the stories were all revolving around the um, setless material that I chose, which is all kind of, you know, the inspirational songs that I've written, the Christian songs that I've written, and I started telling stories in between the songs that kind of wrap around um, the experience and um, of what the song was written about. So I got into it kind of deep, and then I started talking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane because I was going to play the I'm, I'm Afraid track, which is pretty, um, pretty dramatic. And uh, unbelievably, uh, this one guy started, he started like talking to his, his friend, you know, and it was, it was almost like um, it was just throwing up the disrespect. You know, like, I'm not going to listen to you. He wasn't, you know, doing it so loud, but he wasn't whispering either. And the guys who had like kind of surrounded me with, they all pulled their chairs up like really, really close. Like they didn't want to miss something, you know, let me, let me get like right around this guy. And they were up like really, really close. And, uh, they started looking over at him, like giving this guy like evil, not evil looks, but it was almost like they, they were not approving of his disrespect. But, um, I just, I just persevered. I carried on, ignored him. And, um, you know, I just kept doing what I was doing. So by the time I got to the end of the performance and the set, um, I had won him over. You know, it was it felt so good because I guess he, you know, I guess they kind of sensed that I was, you know, being real about everything I was doing. And they all came up to me and were like shaking hands and how's it going? And I had gotten permission to give out... Um, cards for the dharmic evolution podcast because you know you can't you can't do anything for these you can't give them anything and uh the major because they all use military titles um you know he kind of vetted it out and looked at it said yeah no problem you can you can hand these out um because a lot of these guys and ladies are not there for like permanently they're there it's almost like a um 
you know, they're waiting for trial. They're waiting to be released. Uh, they're waiting for a program to get into or just to be somehow reacclimated to society depending on what they've done. So it was a, a really good, um, a good, they were good candidates for the kind of thing that I was trying to um, impart to them, which is, uh, you know, that God does love you and wants you to uh, get out of here and wants to have a relationship with you. So that was the, the men. And then I was about to go to the ladies uh, section, I thought. Where are the ladies? Said I. <laughs> and Jeff informs me, no, nah, no, nah, you gotta, they're in another room. They can't come in here. You mean I gotta tear all this down and move it to another room? Yeah, yeah, we gotta move to another room. So I had to pack everything up, wrap up all the cables, take the PA apart, put the guitar away, put all the mic stands, everything, and load it on the wagon, and then go to another room and set everything up all over again. And it was the same deal. All the ladies are in this other room, and they're just staring at me as I come in with Jeff with the wagon, and I have to unpack everything. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit looser this time, but it's, it's kind of odd when you just, they've got nothing to say. They're just sitting at their tables, like kind of strewn about the room staring at you. <laughs> I said, uh, anybody play cards here? And, you know, I just started, like, just selecting arbitrary topics, to, you know, topics to, uh, to just, you know, try to break the ice with them. And uh, they finally warmed up. You know, I had them laughing a little bit. So uh, I got set up as quick as I could. So this whole thing just was one flowing uh, afternoon of forget about bathroom break food none of that stuff so it's uh but it was only about three hours or so um you know maybe start to finish three and a half hours maybe and uh it was uh really good uh, same type of thing with these ladies they were very um very receptive a little bit like you know what is this guy doing at first but then they kind of warmed up to uh the music and the stories and I kind of got to them I felt uh, in, in a good way, in a very good way. So I wrapped up there, um, said goodbye to all of the principals, uh, meaning, you know, the colonel, uh, the captains, uh, all the different people I met at the prison. And uh, I really had a really good feeling uh, when I left there. And the best feeling I had was, it's time to eat. I was starving, so it was time to go. Uh, I was meeting my dear friend and super agent, uh, Gene Foley, who actually lives within uh, about 15 minutes of where I was performing um, since his move to Virginia, loves it there. And actually, we had dinner together and chatted about business and strategy and music and and all the things he's uh, doing to help me with my career. Actually, he set up the prison um, extravaganza for me so uh, after meeting with Gene and discussing th some things I headed south to the next um, part of the journey which was going to be in a place called Meharin Meharin River Regional Jail 
and that was about 85 miles south of the one I just left. So I headed down there um, at night, you know, after I finished dinner because I had a really early call in the morning. I had to be there loading in at 8 o'clock, and it's really out in the middle of nowhere. So I got a hotel um, within about 15 minutes, 15 or 20 minutes of the facility, and I checked in for two nights, and after I went into the room, and I won't mention the name of the hotel because one hotel does not generally represent the whole chain, but this was not good at all. So I went in to check into the room, and there's stains all over the bedspread. I, I go back to the desk, and there's this dude there, and um, really big guy, and I said, I, I can't sleep in this room. And I described what I saw when I went in there. You know, it was a mess. And uh, he said, well, man, we're, we're full. The only thing I have is a handicap room. I said, I can't take a handicap room. Look at me. Do I look like I need help? I'd, I'd be embarrassed if somebody came here looking for a handicap room. The only one you had left you gave to me. So I said, that's out. So he looked down, he's scratching his head, and he says, he goes, all right, here's, here's another room. So he gave me the last room on the ground floor. You know, the one that's right next to the, um, the, the exit door at the end of the corridor. It's like right next to it. So every slamming door all night long, I hear banging in and out of the place. And I get in there and the place is, it's a hellhole. A matter of fact, I, I actually had to start, I was throwing towels down on the floor because I was afraid to walk from the bathroom to the bed. I checked the bed out and the bed was clean. I said, I'm not going back to this guy and it's late and I got to get, I got to get up early and, and I can't deal with this hotel nightmare. And, uh, you know, it had a hot tub in it too. And I said, oh my God, I, I wouldn't even dare turning the thing on. Um, it was a mess. It looks like the carpet hadn't, hadn't been vacuumed in like weeks. It was that bad. Even the closet, the floor was a mess. So I'm a bit of a fanatic about cleanliness, especially when I'm traveling, man. Don't give me a dirty hotel room. Anyway, got through the night and I go back and I see this guy. He's still at the desk. He's like barely awake. And, uh, his name I think was Tyrone. I said, Tyrone, I said, I appreciate you going out of your way, but man, I said, that, that room was disgusting. I said, really? And the hotel, I guess they were under construction. All these dudes were around in hard hats and stuff. So I guess they're trying to keep it open while they re-up the rooms. But I said, you know, I booked two nights here. I said, I can't come back here. There's no way. Um, anyway, he, comp he, he um, took money off of the, the first night and canceled the second night. Nice guy you know, and I, I wasn't going to beat a dead horse. I said, I'm just out of here. So off we go to prison number two. Galsman, Robert Allen, Galsman, Robert Allen, 2320, 2320, you have visit, 2320, you have visit. So I got there nice and early. Meharan River Regional Jail. And, um, you know, as I said, this is about, uh, I guess this would be about 100 miles south of uh, Richmond and um, very cool. The people were so nice. Even the head guard, when I first came in, she was like, man, she, uh, 
She was tough. She's like, all right, surrender this, surrender that. You can't bring your phone in, keys, lock them up, you know, and anything you're bringing in here, we got to search everything. I said, I got a lot of cables and, you know, boxes with things in. And, uh, you know, she was giving me the hard line of this is what you got to do. So anyway, I went out and I reassessed everything. I took everything out of my backpack uh, that I didn't absolutely need to have with me and came back in and had everything on a, on a cart. And I was met by the, um, I'm trying to get his title right. Um, he was a major, really nice guy. I'm not going to use his name because I didn't get permission, um, but really, really cool guy. And um, all my things are up on this platform. He goes, all right, let's head down. I'll, I'll walk you down. Him and another, uh, I think it was a captain, escorted me to the performance room. Now, this was a really big room um, that was, it looked like it doubled sort of as um, a basketball court. Um, wasn't quite as big, but it was it was a good size. Um, I don't think it was a full court, but it, it was pretty damn close. Um, so door at one end, they had all these seats set up. And I set up at the opposite end, which was under the backboard. So in I, I wheel the wagon and we just start setting up or I started setting up. And they, they both were kind of just, you know, chatting with me and asking me questions. And, you know, once or twice they offered to help, but they said they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I said, yeah, no, I appreciate it. But this kind of thing, you got to know your equipment. Everything comes out in a certain order and gets plugged in in a certain order. And... um you know, nobody can really set it up but me. Um, and it was good, you know, chatting with these guys. And I guess they were just kind of sizing me up, asking, you know, this was new to them, too. I guess they hadn't had anybody do something like this in quite a while. And um, got all set up. The one thing I was a little apprehensive about was the fact that this gig, I got to do four sets back to back to back, but with a break in between. And I hadn't sung four sets in, in quite a while. And going out as a solo, um, you know, I'm not doing a lot of intricate instrumental guitar things. I'm doing more of storytelling, which includes um, songs. And some of these songs are, you know, kind of up there in the range that I was using. So um, in my past, as a much, much younger man, I could sing all night. And I said, do I still have that? I think I do. And uh, I remember it got to like I had finished three sets and the ladies were about to come in and it was getting like late in the day. And I'm like, they're really taking their time. And, you know, I wanted to set up my Zoom recorder so that I re could record this. But there just wasn't enough time because I was watching my time timing marks to make sure, you know, I stayed on time. Everything in a prison has to run like clockwork, you know, so. I told them from the outset, I said, I'll be watching the clock and make sure you got a hard stop at 11 o'clock. I'm stopping at 11. So I tried to balance my set in that uh, way just to be respectful to what they had in front of them. But but at the end, the girls were just, I don't know what was going on, but they, they finally came in. But I could feel the energy just like oozing out of me because I hadn't slept much in like three nights. And I was traveling a lot. I had just done like I don't know, eight, 800 miles or something. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe not quite, but I had drove, I had driven, um, a full day and then I had driven the leg to get up to the two prison to one prison then back again. So, 
you know, starting to feel it, the, the fatigue and I don't eat much when I'm on the road and, uh, and I'm like, come on, man, energy, don't, don't leave me. And so asking Jesus for help, give me some help, Lord, I need energy. And sure enough, as soon as they came in and I started playing, I just, I just had it again. So by the end, uh, I was singing really, really strong. I gave it everything I had and, oh, I almost forgot this part. Um, right before the ladies came in, the, the last crew of men that came in, um, I had the same experience as I did in the first prison that this guy who sits like right in the middle. So he's like looking right at me and he's got the tats on his arms and he's got the tats on his neck and you know, he's definitely hardcore, and, um, you know, he starts talking with all his buddies, like, right while I'm playing, and right while I'm telling stories and everything, and again, I just blew it off, I ignored it, I said, I'm just gonna keep going, I'm not even gonna acknowledge this guy, and, you know, he'd get a buddy on the left to talk with him, then he'd switch to some guy on his right, and he's talking to him, and then finally, uh, you know, they started really focusing and these guys like to rock it out a little bit. So I, I played a couple of rock tunes for them. And when I did that, the whole back row on the song Three Miles Wide was bopping and dancing in their chairs and clapping their hands. And they're, they're like they're like singing the chorus by the end of the song. And so once again, I had them, baby. I had them. Yeah, it was really cool because, um, again, they all came up, you know, every group came up to me at the end and, and started shaking hands. You know, um, quite a few of them came up, looked me right in the eye and said, this was really great. I really appreciate you coming out uh, and doing this. Um, and it meant the world to me that I had some kind of impact, no matter how small or how great because sometimes you have an experience I mean we've all had this where we go to see you know something whether it's somebody speaking or a musical performance or a play or whatever it is that impacts you and there might be one little piece of that you know something that was said or musically that you you just go back to like years later you think about it it'll pop up in your mind and if if it has some positive impactful beneficial um, um, weight on you um, or positive experience on you. It's just, you did something good. So I felt like, yeah, man, I did something really valuable this week. You know, I felt like um, there was nothing to sell. There was nothing to market or peddle or anything. It was just, you know, me singing and telling stories and these guys hanging out and acknowledging it or um, clapping or jumping up and down a couple of them you know you know came running up they were just so exuberant they're smiling like kind of glowing you know man that was just awesome you know one guy said to me man what are you doing here you know you should be up on some big stage i said i'm here because god wanted me to play for you today and he started laughing amen brother amen and that's what it's all about so um that was a, uh, the completion of the first prison tour. So you may be asking, well, why are you going to prisons? What's, what's the whole deal behind that? Um, it's, it's unlikely most um, people who do what I do, they go to you know, bars or performance spaces or what have you. 
Um, bars are not the best place for me to play. I just don't feel that that's uh, a good place. I'll be doing festivals and colleges and things um, probably early next year. And the reason prisons came into the lexicon of my thinking was about almost three years ago, um, the Lord put this on my heart that he wanted me to go to um, visit prisons and do something musically in the prisons. So I never forgot about that. And I'll share the circumstances of that, how I knew that um, some other time. We don't have time for it in this broadcast. But I just never forgot it. And I kept thinking, you know, when am I going to get the opportunity? And as soon as I moved to Tennessee, it became abundantly clear to me that, oh, okay, now there's an opening to do this. This is perfect. And um, so, you know, doing, you know, doing this was also part of another story of with the agency that I have, the James O'Connor agency, we have a specialty in that we write branded songs for authors, speakers, thought leaders, um, nonprofits, and corporations. So here's where this all started. I had this, um, this friend who I hadn't seen in many, many, many years. And it was about four years ago, and I just finished, actually about five years ago, I just finished the album Geography of the Soul. And I was trying to type up like a bio for myself, which is such a huge pain in the butt because you never know how to, you know, characterize who you are and what you do like someone else might do it. And I forgot about this guy and I said, oh, I wonder whatever happened to Larry. And I Google him and he, where is he? He's in Nashville. I hadn't, hadn't heard from him in 25 years. So long story short, we hook up for dinner because I had been coming, been uh, scheduled to come down to finish some tracks uh, for the next album I was working on with Kim Copeland on Music Row. Met Larry for dinner. He had just finished a book called Connected. And it was all about the mob. It was about the penny stock market. It was all about him going to prison, going into witness protection. All of these things were in this book. And the book is in black and white. It's on white collar press. And so I have my brand new album in black and white called Geography of the Soul. So we exchanged, you know, gifts, <laughs> sitting there having dinner. And it was July 3rd. And so I said to him, what you need for this book is a branded song to tell the story. So we, we parted ways. I got the book. He got the CD. I went back to my hotel room. And the next day, July 4th, I just sat by the pool and the whole day. And I read his whole book. And I pulled out the guitar and wrote the song Connected, which I'm going to play for you on the outro. And the reason I'm bringing it into this story about the prisons is he was in jail. He was in prison. And while he was in prison, they discovered some growth inside of him. So he was suffering uh, emotionally and physically and really struggling. So he asked for the Lord to come into his heart and uh, not only set him straight, but, um, but heal him, which all happened. Um, they checked this, this growth like months later and was gone. The doctors couldn't figure out what happened. So even in the depths of prison, you never know what's going to come out of these interactions. And uh, for him, what happened was um, he got released from jail and, and healthy. And for me, what happened is um, I started the James O'Connor Agency with, with the specialty of, of writing branded songs for other people. 
And um, that's just the uh, the short version of all that happened. And on the outro here, I'm going to play that song uh, called Connected. And it's, it's all about Larry's, uh, you know, his stint in prison, all the things that happened uh, leading up to going to prison and the things that happened um, to his heart, his mind, his soul after he was released from prison. next time that we visit with uh, the prison ministry, I promise I'm going to have some uh, real live files of, uh, you know, I'm just going to play snippets of the performance and some of the, um, some of the parables and stories that I share with the inmates and along with some, uh, some clips of me performing and uh, the reactions to it. So I thought that I wanted to have it for this time, but it just didn't work out this time. But Next time, I'll be more prepared. That's a wrap for me today. I just thought I'd put the uh, wind chimes of freedom in your ear as we close out. And I'm going to share with you this song, Connected. And may you always stay connected with uh, the ones you love. And, um, you know, got some great episodes coming up in the, the future months to close out the year. I hope you guys stay tuned to the Dharmic Evolution and um, if you like what you're hearing and seeing, please go to the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. And, um, you know, you can, if you're a fellow artist, you can put your content up there. And for all of you uh, fans who like what we're doing, please visit the website, dharmicevolution.com. Leave a comment on the blog or the podcast, and you can download any of your shows, your favorite shows from your favorite platform. We got Spotify and Pandora, and we're um, we're on Stitcher Radio. And Overcast is a really, really cool platform. It allows you to do all kinds of things. If you hit the Overcast button, um, you can get uh, fast forward, slow down, share. It's got Spotify and everybody else's um, uh, icons up there too. If you want to just click from that one spot, it's pretty cool. And um, I think that's a wrap for me today, folks. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, and I also want you to stay connected to me. Oh,
It's in my 